Hey, Brian here with Mid City Vineyard Church. Mid City Vineyard is located in the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana. We worship on Saturday nights at 6 o'clock. You can check us out at midcityvineyard.org, Instagram at Mid City Vineyard, or on Facebook, Mid City Vineyard Church. We know a number of you have enjoyed listening to the podcast and we just want to let you know that if there's ever a time where you uh, desire to and feel so led to donate to the ministry of Mid-City Vineyard Church, uh, you can do that at our website, midcityvineyard.org. But you can also text the letters MCV to 77977 and it walks you through an app, easy way to give in order to continue supporting the ministry of Mid-City Vineyard. We continue our series this week, our series Breathing Underwater. And so this week we are looking at Step 11, Spirituality, and the 12 Steps, how these things work together. And so we're going to spend some time this week talking about prayer and meditation, how prayer and meditation form us and how we are formed by them. And then we will also pick up, uh, additionally, next week, we will continue this part of the teaching. So, hope you enjoy. Let's head on over to the podcast. Much peace to you. I want to come back just as a refresher, a very brief refresher, as to why we are, are in this uh, series, Breathing Underwater. And we're looking at the connection between spirituality and the 12 Steps. And the idea here is the, the thought process behind what does it mean to learn to breathe under water? Meaning, when the storms of life come crashing down and when the floodwaters begin rising up on us, we have a couple of different options. We can, we can flee. We can, we can run away. We can... We can fight with all our strength in our own willpower, or we can actually learn how to allow the storms and the waters of life to come upon us. We can be, we can be trained and ready for what is coming our way, spiritually grounded with super deep roots. We can actually learn how to breathe underwater so that when stuff comes our way, we're firmly grounded and we're not knocked over by the waves of life. We're not knocked over by the storms. But the only way for that to happen is to actually have a solid, a, a, a rooted spiritual, spirituality. And so we've been tying together spirituality and how that ties in to the, the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous over the last uh, 11 weeks. And I encourage you, if you've missed some of these, and go back and work through these things. Go back and work through these, uh, these steps and work through these teachings. Because I personally, in my own life, am not interested in having uh, a whole lot of Bible knowledge or Jesus knowledge or God knowledge, but having a very thin spirituality, having a, a really uh, a very little depth when it comes to the things of God. It's one thing to know a lot about the Bible, know a lot about Scripture, know a lot, a lot about God. It's a whole other thing to actually live it and practice it and flesh it out. And so tonight, the 11th step, in AA is, is this step right here. After we've done all the first 10 steps, now we have sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. So as to how we understand God, praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power 
to carry out that will. So in the fabric of the steps of AA, Bill W. brings it all, all together in steps 11 and 12, and he says, now here's the thing that we do after we've, after we've come to recognize that our lives are unmanageable. Our pride is unmanageable. Our addiction to alcohol is unmanageable. Our greed is unmanageable. Our addiction to this or to that is unmanageable. Our need to be right is unmanageable. Whatever it is for you, once we've come to that place, once we've come to understand that only a power higher than ourselves can restore us to sanity, once we've come to the place where we've made amends, with people and with God, once we've, we've come to a place where we've confessed and we're in relationship and we're sharing these things with others, once we've done all of these things, he says, now we seek through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. So for the next two weeks, I want to look at this thought and this understanding and this process of prayer. What is prayer? Why prayer? How prayer? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, uh, the writer of Thessalonians says, Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to rejoice all the time. Just whatever's going on, rejoice and pray without ceasing. Pray all the th- time. Give thanks in all of your circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I want you to, to pray all the time. And so what we've done, depending, there are, there are different ways that, that we have potentially grown up learning about prayer. If you grew up Catholic, then you pretty much probably grew up saying the Our Father and Hail Marys. And along the way, trying to figure out, now what, is, what does all this mean again? And if you grew up Protestant, especially in like the evangelical branch of Protestantism, then you probably grew up being taught that you need to have a quiet time every day, and in that quiet time, that's the time where you, you ask God for all the things you need. And then it would always be thrown in, but don't just talk the whole time during prayer, like spend time listening. But then we were very rarely taught how to listen. And what does that even mean? And so that's where we'll spend tonight and next week. In the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul says, now here's what I want you to do. I want you, now that you have come to Christ, I want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In the 16th century, there was a philosopher by the name of Descartes who said, do you remember what Descartes said? I think, therefore I am. I think, therefore I am. And pretty much since that time, since the 16th century when Descartes said that, human beings have bought into the idea that we are first and foremost thinking beings. Or one author that I I read often calls them thinking, thinking things. He says we've bought into the idea that we are thinking things as opposed to human beings, but we're thinking things. We approach life, we approach uh, church, we approach discipleship in this way, as though we are thinking things, as though we can change our lives by thinking our way into a different way of living. Now, now track with me here for, for just a minute, because many of us in this room, myself included, have bought into this idea. The way we change our lives is by thinking different thoughts. 
which ultimately reduces us down to brains on a stick. We're, just, we're brains on a stick. And we have this idea that if we deposit enough ideas, if we deposit enough beliefs, if we deposit enough information into the mind, then when we need that information, we will just live out a different type of life, or we will live according to a, a particular set of whatever beliefs we've been, we've trained ourselves to believe. But have you ever noticed in your own life the gap between what you believe and what you do? Anybody? There's a gap between I believe this, but I do this. And when that happens, what we try to do more often than not is we try to get ourselves to believe harder or believe more, or convince ourselves again. And I would suggest that a lot of the reason here is because we've actually bought into this idea that we're purely thinking beings. We can change our lives by changing our minds, and it's led us down a path that actually does not work. Because the way that we actually move forward in life, the way we understand and we begin understanding and receiving the will of God in our lives and living that out is by practicing new ways of being, not just practicing new ways of thinking. Practicing new ways of being. And one of those foundational ways, one of those foundational practices for us, I would suggest, is the practice of prayer slash meditation slash contemplation. You can, you can use these words, mostly prayer and meditation. Uh, contemplation is slightly different, but prayer and meditation are one of these ways that we practice a new way of being, a new way of experiencing Christ, a new way of experiencing the Holy Spirit. Because tonight, what we're doing right now, <laughs> actually plays into what I'm, in some ways, talking about. Or combating. is right now what we're trying to do is we're trying to fill our heads with a little bit more knowledge. And nothing that we do here tonight is going to do anything unless we move forward into an actual practice this week and next week and the week after that. If we really want to see our lives moving in a trajectory more towards Christ. So let's look at the what, the why, and the how of prayer uh, for just a minute here. And then next week we're going to spend a little bit more time looking at the actual art and ways of, how, ways of how we might further pray. So here first, the what of prayer. I would suggest that prayer, the word prayer or the word meditation, are code words for learning an entirely different way of thinking and being and processing life. The way you're wired right now is that you have a calculating mind. When, it, when a problem comes your way, in your life, you immediately go into cognitive mode. You're calculating, you're thinking, you're processing. What do I need to do? How do I do this? How do, okay, now it's their stress. How do I relieve the stress and the anxiety? How do, I, how do I get rid of this anxiety? And how do I find more peace? And you start putting all of the pieces together using your cognitive thinking cap, so to speak. It's how we've been trained to deal with life. But there actually is a different way of thinking. There is a different way of processing life for the Christian. And that's why Jesus so often talks about prayer. This is why Jesus so often, when you read the scriptures, you see that Jesus 
regularly sets time to go off and meditate, pray, contemplate, be alone, quiet himself. And here's why. Most people do not see things that happen as they are. Most people see things that happen in their lives as they are. Most people don't see the event for what it is. They don't see things as they are. They see the event as they themselves are. Does that make sense to you? Where we're putting the emphasis here? See, because the event happens, and have you ever, this is how you would know this. Something happens to, to, to Shay, and Shay calls me, and like she says, this is what's going on, and I can tell in Shay's mind, I mean, her whole world is falling apart. And I'm on the other end of the phone, and I can easily see that her whole world is not falling apart. Have you, have you ever experienced this before? Now, it might be a serious situation, but it's not the end. But she can only see the event as it is because she's consumed with stress and anxiety and strife and whatever it might be, whereas I'm coming at it from a more calming presence, and I'm like, well, Shay, why don't we, why don't we think about this together? Why don't, we, why don't we pray about this together? Why don't we call some friends and let's talk about this together? And Why don't we walk through this together? And three days later... Now Shay looks back and says, oh yeah, okay, that wasn't the end. But it sure felt like it. So what happens? She sees the circumstance as it is coming from her own place of cognitive dissonance, so to speak. Ultimately, I would suggest that prayer and meditation leads us to that place leads us to that place where we are able to process things in line with who God is. On the front end, not so much on the back end. Because for most of us, what prayer is, is, oh no, there's a crisis, and so now let me go and let me get to God on this, in this crisis mode, and let me ask God and ask God and ask God, and, 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 and let me get all, so that the crisis will be diverted. But what if... We had practices and disciplines of prayer and meditation where we became peaceful souls, where we became, through practice and meditation with Christ, where we became peaceful presence. So that when the stuff comes at us, this is where the breathing underwater stuff kind of comes into play. <laughs> the stuff comes at us and we're able to say, oh yeah, I, oh yeah, I see, I, see, I see what's going on here. But see, I see it not, not with my calculating mind, not with the strife and the stress, but I see it with the mind of Christ. I see it as a child of God. I see it as a person who's filled with the presence and love and grace and mercy of the Spirit of God. And yes, it is X, Y, and Z. It's difficult, however that might be. However, I'm able to approach it in a, in a more stable Place because I'm not doing it with my cognitive calculating mind, but with the mind of Christ, so to speak. That's ultimately what we're looking for in prayer and meditation. 1 Corinthians 2, 16, uh, the Apostle Paul says, Now who has known the mind of God so as to instruct God? 
And then Paul says, but you and I, we have the mind of Christ. He says, listen, when you came into a connection with with Christ, when you recognize the spirit of Christ living in you, then what what happens is when you when you practice that, when you cooperate that, that you have more of those those the thoughts of Christ. You begin to see things as Christ sees things. And I would suggest that Christ, Christ's self, is not freaking out all the time that life comes barreling in on us. It's kind of like that, that picture of, you know, of God in that heavenly space and something happens and all of a sudden to Debbie and God's like, oh myself, oh myself, oh myself. You know, it's kind of like, no, really? No, but God's, God's, God has got this peaceful sense and this peaceful presence and God desires that we would operate and that we would live into that. Prayer. If you think of it this way, if, if we could move, uh, let me. How many of you were raised Catholic, and so our fathers and Hail Marys was kind of the 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 mo, okay? And then how many of you were raised in a in an environment where you were taught um, you need to have quiet time every morning, thirty minutes a day. Uh, don't ever leave home without it. How many of you were taught that? Any? Okay, just one, two, uh, just a few. Okay. Okay, then just uh, how were the rest of you taught what prayer is? Does anybody mind sharing? Just I was taught prayer was what? Because not everybody raised their hand. Micah? Okay, that's what you've been taught prayer is. <laughs> Phil? had that experience similar other definitely okay any other experiences with prayer okay well good then we don't have as much to undo we can just do we can just move into it because here's the thing about prayer if i could say anything prayer is not to be some legalistic form there is no have to my suggestion to you would be that prayer, if I could define it, prayer is the exercise of where we get to participate with the divine, where we get to opt into what the divine is doing, experience and opt into and, and, and participate with what God is doing. Prayer is that space. Meditation is that space where we allow our minds to be still and we allow ourselves to be settled. And we allow ourselves to reflect and to begin to say and to see, God, what are you doing? As I sit at this table, this dinner table, what are you doing here with these people and with me? As I sit in this classroom with classmates, what are you doing and, and what is happening in this space, in this place? As I sit at this restaurant or in this coffee house, as I'm here at the tre- on this treadmill at the gym, prayer is participating. God, what are you doing here in this space and place? As I wa- ride my bike on the greenway, what are you doing in this space and place? 
Prayer is this place of developing and nurturing the, the mind of Christ. Because all of life is spiritual. Everything, all of it, is spiritual. All the time God is present. And so prayer is, is moving into the practices of, and disciplines of cooperating with and learning to see so as God sees. Prayer is not so much about changing God as it is about it changes, it does. It really does change us because we find the mind of Christ. We find the peace of Christ. We find the stillness of Christ. We find that prayer is, is this, it's this uh, letting go of, of certainty. It allows us to let go of our agenda. It allows us to let go of our needs and our will. And it allows us to take on the things of Christ and say, Christ, what are, what are you doing? You know, what is your will? What, what, is, what, what are your movements here in this space and place today? And here's the thing about it, the how of prayer. I would say that actually, and this is where we're going to press in next week, I think that learning to pray can be kind of hard. And here's why. Well, before I say that, I wasn't really taught to pray. I was a pastor for maybe 12 or 14 years before I actually even learned how to pray. Weird. But it's, it's something that, you know, or, or the teaching that I was taught was mostly sit quietly, read a scripture, and then ask God for all the stuff you need. And if you can't be selfish and do it, ask God for all the other people's needs. And then sit quietly for a second and listen. And then when you don't hear anything, call it a day. Amen. Go on. But then I never revisited it ever again until the next morning. But learning to pray can, can ultimately, it, it can be hard. And I, I think that after we talk even next week, there will probably be some challenges for you. But the biggest reason that it's hard is because a lot of prayer is the emptying of self and the taking on of Christ. It's the emptying of self. Meditation, contemplation, when you go to practice yoga and things like that, I mean, that's, that's what's happening, uh, especially in yoga practices. It's the emptying of self. It's, it's uh, the stillness of the mind. That's why so many people struggle with yoga that's not the part that i struggle with it's the actual stretching part that i struggle with but the emptying mind part I, I i'm more into that but it's it's because because we we have these minds and these brains that are just going a million miles per hour and we have our wills and we have our lives figured out and we know what 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 what, what needs to happen but there's got to be at times where there's an emptying so that we can be filled with the ways and the mind and the thoughts and the will of christ Jesus says, when you pray, pray in private. He says, don't pray out in public so everyone can, can say, oh, look at that person. They're praying. They're so amazing and spiritual. He says, no, go to, go to the inner room. But one translation of this is not go to your house and lock yourself in a closet, but actually go deep within side. Go within the inner self. Because do you know where the stuff in your life, the junk in your life resides? What's that? Within. Within. I mean, the junk in your life, it, it resides in here. And there's something to be said about being still and going in here and allowing yourself to be healed, allowing yourself to be emptied, allowing Christ to fill you in that space, in that inner space. Because 
contemplative prayer, meditative prayer. It invades, it touches, it heals those deep spaces. And really, it's ultimately, a lot of times, it's one of the only ways that Christ can get there is with our cooperation. How you live on the inside is ultimately how you're going to deal with things on the outside. So maybe you've noticed this before. The stuff hits the fan in your life, and you are freaking out, and you go to someone, and the reason you go to them is because you know that person is a peaceful, stable presence. There's something about them. And there's other people that you know not to go to because they are a hot mess all the time, right? And you know, I'm freaking out on this all over the place. And if I go to them, I love them dearly, but it's only going to be inflamed. I need to go to that peaceful space, that peaceful presence. How amazing would it be if the people of Christ, all, so everyone in this room, was disciplined in practice in a way where we were being so connected to the ways and the peace and the mercy and the grace of Christ that peaceful presence was one of the ways that people would define us, even as a community of faith. Oh yeah, those are, those are the people who are just like, they're super peaceful. Highly inclusive, uh, extremely non-judgmental. Uh, they seem to love, really love God. And the way we know they love God, since we've never seen God, is the way they love each other. And there's just a lot of peace around those people. If you have a problem, go talk to them. Which one? Oh, it doesn't matter. They're all just like these like peaceful people. It's amazing. You'd almost think like they know God. Which, I mean, that's the whole goal, right? This is the deal. This is the deal. Because ultimately, though, how you live on the inside is how you're going to deal with things on the outside. So investigate even yourself how you deal with things on the outside, and it will begin to help you know, okay, well, what's going on in the inside? And where am I, where am I cooperating or not cooperating with Christ on the inside? The ultimate desire here is to do God's will. That's what we're looking for. And when we reach that place, what's happened, when we want to do God's will, when we know and we're searching out for God's will, at this point, God's won. Our ego has lost and prayer is, is taking place. It's being answered. And this, this is the last thing for you. But this is not, oh God, oh God, oh God, what is your will? What is your will? What is your will? Am I supposed to marry this person or this person? Or am I supposed to take this job or this job? I mean, sometimes I think God will speak on those things, but we're, I, I'm trying to go right here with a, with a little bit of a larger global aspect. Like, God, what is your will as you're moving humanity towards all of restoration, where you're moving creation towards being reclaimed, where you're moving us as to be a people in the community, a community for the community? What, what are you doing in my life to be a peaceful presence and to, to experience love and mercy? What are you doing in these places? Because I think once those questions get answered, I think the other questions like, should I take this job or this job? I think those things, honestly, they start to fall more into place because you have general overarching sense of the life of Christ and you, you begin to ebb and flow and see and connect and cooperate more and more with what Christ is doing final thing there's an author by the name of Henry Nowen, Catholic priest he says praying is no easy matter 
It demands a relationship in which you allow God to enter into the very center of your personhood. Allow God to speak there. Allow God to touch the sensitive core of your being. And allow God to see how much, to see so much that you would rather leave in the darkness. You rather see God so much that you would rather leave the darkness to come into connection with God. There's this thing about meditation, contemplation, and prayer. And I, I want to invite us as a church over the next, uh, you know, I would, I would put it out there and just say, could we, could we, could we try 14 days if, if you want to? Because we're going to talk about this for 14 days. But what would it look like? And don't, don't go the legalistic route or the manipulative route on me on this. Because that's not what I'm doing here. But, but for, you for, your, you for yourself, might you consider finding space? Maybe start, if you don't have any time right now, maybe start with 10 minutes. If you're already doing a little, if you already have a little time carved out, maybe add five minutes or so to it. But the point here would be, would you, would you consider setting aside those moments throughout your day? Or maybe 10 minutes during the day. Maybe it's in the morning, maybe it's at lunch, maybe it's in the evening. Um, where, where it's, it's time for you to simply sit and enjoy some peace and quiet. Get a cup of coffee. If you're, a more, if you're doing it in the morning, if you're doing it in the evening, get a glass of wine, if that's your thing, or a LaCroix, or whatever it might be. And sit and give yourself 10 minutes. No, no conversation with anyone else. That's actually prayer. You sit for 10 minutes by yourself on your front porch, on your back porch with your LaCroix, Ten minutes, no quiet, or, or no talking, just present to your surroundings. That's actually prayer, one form. And maybe it would be, come Holy Spirit, God, may I have your thoughts in your mind. Shape me, form me, make me, mold me, whatever it might be. Say what you want to say, God, and if you don't have anything to say tonight, may we sit together in peaceful quiet for this moment's time. That's what I would encourage you towards this week. And you have a few of the exercises on the back side of the outline. Next week, I would like to come to you with um, maybe two or three different models, other models of prayer. Because I have found that some things really work for some people, myself included, and some things absolutely don't work. And it's kind of, and, and sometimes I, I'll give a little bit more, uh, I'll unpack it a lot more actually next week on to why we might even use particular systems of prayer for starters uh, as we continue to grow in our understanding and connection with the Holy Spirit. So any questions on any of that? Very good. Well, why don't we stand? I want to pray for us. And then we'll find somebody to go out and eat together. So, again, you do, not, you do not have to do this, but I want to pray for us tonight. And if, if you feel so inclined, I have found that this is a, a posture, kind of a receiving posture as I, as I pray for us. So if you want to take this posture, feel free. And if not, just know that I am praying for you and God can get past not putting hands out too. So. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here with us in this space, in this place tonight. And Lord, tonight, may we be those who are forming 
within us your mind. Spirit of God, would you give us your thoughts? Lord, would you give us your peace and your stillness? May we experience your presence in, in, in ways greater than perhaps we have before. Lord, we want to be a peaceful presence. We want to experience more of you in, in the chaos of life. We want, to, we want to take life by the horns and we want to embrace everything that comes at us. And Lord, that we not have to be scared of it, that we don't have to run away from it, that we don't have to fight it tooth and nail, but we can, we can, we can meet it head on. And we can meet it with your thoughts, with your eyes, with your presence, with your peace. So, Lord, would you form us, mold us, make us, shape us, that we may continue to be more and more like you. God, we thank you for this faith community right here. More of your will continue to show us how you would have us live and give us wisdom and boldness and strength. And so, church, tonight as you go, may the Lord God bless you. May the Lord God bless keep you. May the Lord God cause His face to shine upon you. May the Lord God be gracious to you. And tonight, may the Lord God give you peace. We pray all these things tonight in the name of God, the Creator of all things, in the name of Jesus, the Cosmic Christ, who was from the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. And in the name of the Holy Spirit that breathes life and breath into all of creation. And together everybody said, Amen and Amen.